0: I'm Mikey Domegala. Welcome into to episode eight of Inside Buzz. As you can see, I have a new background behind me. It's my Inside Buzz banner with my two logos. And ladies and gentlemen, this episode is going to be extremely good. Chris Copeland, the former New York Knick, Milwaukee Buck, and Indiana Pacer. Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, man.
0: A few weeks ago, we went through the tragic death of Kobe Bryant. What do you remember from playing against Kobe and what did he mean to you?
1: Oh man, uh, legend. Um, grew up watching him, uh, watching him play, idolizing him. Um, his work ethic was something, to, something to behold for sure, and, and um, something to inspire. He was an inspirational guy, um, and one of the guys that I aspired to be like. You know what I mean? So um, it was, it was a heartbreaking situation, and, and I'm, I'm really sad about uh, you know, losing a legend. But then you, know, you gotta show love to the people who also lost other loved ones.
0: So, Chris, do you remember playing against him? And if so, like, what do you remember from that game?
1: I remember greatness. I remember being nervous. I remember um, not being sure how it was going to pan out. I was always in admiration, excited to play against Kobe. Um, I didn't actually – he wasn't like a direct matchup or anything like that, but I definitely our teams have played each other. And um, I was i was excited to be on the same floor as, as one of the greatest
0: that would do yeah Chris I forgot to mention that in the beginning of the interview that you're at a party right now actually with your Xverse X brand. can you tell me a little about that
1: So it's a mobile platform um, uh, runner test um, my partner with runner test is his, his concept essentially is um, a network a mobile network where guys can find local runs and guys that are't um, yet this is where I'm the second part I'm most excited about. Um, is this the showcase part where we're trying to get guys opportunities to actually get paid for the game of basketball. Like we're hosting tryouts. Um, we're trying to showcase guys that have never been, never been seen, uh, don't have big names like that are kind of similar to my story that are just trying to figure out how, how to pursue their dreams. And I'm super excited about being a part of that. It's like a, you know, a passion project for me.
0: And, Chris, keeping on that business path, I read in an article that your former New York Knicks head coach, Mike Woodson, Gave you three simple words. Save your money. What do you remember from that, and what do you think of other players going broke and living a lavish lifestyle?
1: Unfortunate, but, you know, uh, it's it's, it's, a, it's a learning tool for those that are coming up. Uh, the young guys can see guys that have made mistake, mistakes before them. I think the, the brotherhood's been really strong um, and still trying to find ways to get our guys back on our feet when, when things don't go right. Um, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, the one thing that, you know, all those, all those basketball players who have been successful, um, they have within them is resiliency. So they, they know how to bounce back from any situation. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll figure their way out. You know, bumps happen to everybody. You just got to figure out how to get back on your feet.
0: And, Chris, let's talk about those New York Knicks. So, you know, I, I just turned 21 today, actually. I'm a New Yorker. So when you were with the Knicks, I was about 13, 14 years old. I loved your You are a flamethrower off the bench. I have written down here. Nine points per game, 48% field goal percentage, 42% from three. What were some of your best memories with the New York Knicks?
1: Shoot a little bit, man. I was, I was alright. I was alright. Uh, people in the background missing. Out. My favorite, by far, um, New York experience. Um, and we went to the playoffs. We had a great, you know, I had great times. I was really fortunate. My favorite was honestly hugging my mom back after my first actual game and playing. And uh, it took a long time for me to actually make it, make it there. And, uh, she was in the stands and, you know, just the family room in the Madison, Madison Square Garden, you know, hugging her. Like, it's just like we, we, we made it, you know what I mean? Finally got a chance to put on that jersey. For sure, my best move.
0: So you came a long way. You were undrafted in 2006, and then you spent some time overseas. How did you get to the New York Knicks?
1: Um, how did I get there? Wow, well, that's a long story. Um, long story short, uh, I played in a bunch of countries, uh, I kept kept trying to build each year. Um, I, I had some great teammates that helped helped me to grow. Um, my favorite coach—I have a bunch of coaches that I, I, I love—from um, uh, Brad to—I don't want to go—you know—I don't go down down the list and forget guys. But uh, Ease frame was a guy who who changed my life. Um, he was instrumental in my growth and changing my mindset and changing my work ethic, uh, work habits to working not only hard but smart. So uh, he pretty much uh, got me on the path. That sent me back from all those years overseas to NBA.
0: And that Knicks team, like we were talking about, filled with veterans. I'll go through a little list here. Jason Kidd, Marcus Camby, Kenyon Martin, Kurt Thomas, Rasheed Wallace, Tyson Chandler. What do you remember from playing with those guys?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I remember saying those names. The only thing I remember is Hazen. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Yeah, they definitely hazed me, but... Um, I learned a lot from those guys. Still friends to this day. I still call Kurt and make fun of him. Sometimes I see him on, like, uh, he goes to Dallas games, and I don't know why the camera always finds him because he's right behind the bench and stuff. So I'm like, yo, you ugly, like whatever. I mess, I mess with him. Um, but I love those guys. Those The, the vets um, were the only reason I was able to make it in any, in any capacity. I didn't have a long career or anything like that, but the, the success that I did have, um, I owe it to those guys and, and the people that helped, helped guide me um, in
0: the NBA family. Listen, come on. You just mentioned some hazing. What was the worst hazing you got from those guys?
1: The worst, I can't tell you. Um, but the
0: <laughs> but the uh, that might make some headlines, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: you know, yeah, I, I try to stay out of out of the way. But um, <laughs> obviously, I had to wear the princess backpack. Um, I had to do a lot. I mean, the the worst part was that every day I had to do something, and I had so many vets. You know what I mean? Because you have so many vets, they all know. It's old, they're all old school, so they all they got errands for you to run. But they, you know, the biggest part, I was I was honored to do it because I was just so happy to be there. Um, but every day I had to do something. Uh go to the store, go grab me. Just being silly, like take this garbage, young fella, carry these bags, add had to you,
0: know you spent a full season with Carmelo Anthony in 2013. He won the scoring title that year. Knowing Melo and playing with him, seeing him every day, what did you think of the NBA blackballing him over the last year? Uh-
1: it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, you know, he's one of the greatest greatest players. Uh, also, to ever do it, um, he's not just a scorer. Um, I I consider him one of the, one of my favorite teammates. Um, one of those guys that, that picked me up after one of the toughest moments uh, for me as a basketball player. You know, I took a really bad shot. That was a that was a big miss at the end of the at um, the end of our season. And. Um, you know he picked me up in the in the locker room. A lot of people don't tell those kind of stories. Um he's a guy I have the utmost respect for. I'm so happy for his success now.
0: And I have to ask, you know, JR Smith was on that team. Do you have a a funny JR Smith or Rashid Wallace story?
1: Uh again, I don't know how much I can say, but <laughs> but those are my guys. I love them, man. Seriously. Um, I knew Jr um before before the Knicks. Um you know, through being in Colorado and you know, working with those JRM MLO being in, in Denver. Um, I've always had the utmost respect. I admired those guys from afar. Um Rashid is still my still my big homie. I, again, that's another guy I talk to all the time, well not all the time, but enough. Spoke to him a couple days ago. Um you know, these are guys I just had the utmost love and respect for that every I was so lucky to have a team full of so many guys that played a long time. They really helped me help me um, get acclimated to to the toughest market to play in.
0: And uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit here. Let's move on to your career with the Indiana Pacers. So you spent uh, two seasons with them, and in 2013-14, they finished with the the Eastern Conference best record. What made that team so good?
1: A lot of things. Um, Talent. It was a deep team. Uh, Vogel knew how to to win that talent, as you see him doing this year um, with the Lakers fan base you know they 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 came out for us every night they pushed us um management um, from top to bottom it was just a well put together organization and um i think it was you know you have that that in a pot you know it's a very tough team to beat and we were
0: and that 2014 eastern conference finals against miami what do you remember from that going against the big three of lebron wade and bosh
1: i remember being like wow they're pretty good And that's an understatement. And Those guys are like, they're legends, all three of them. And they had a really good team. I mean, from UD to, I mean, I could go down the list. They had a a crazy squad. Um, For us to lose, I think we were one of the better, talented teams in the league, more talented teams in the league. You know, you got to tip your hat to that type of of lineup, that type of unit.
0: And then after Indiana, you spent time with the Milwaukee Bucks, where you came across a young Giannis Antetokounmpo. Did you envision... Giannis back then to being what he is right now in his MVP form.
1: I I, I knew it. Honestly, I saw Giannis. My friends, like, make fun of me all the time. I saw Giannis when I was a pacer. We played a game. I was like, he did something. Like, I was like, yo, he's going to be an all-star. The guy was like, what? He was, was like, brand new on the scene. And um, then when I actually got the chance to play with him, I always thought he was going to be good. You know what I'm saying? But. I didn't understand what he was until I played with him that year, and I play with some, some guys like you know PG, Melo, Hall of Famers, like killers, you know. But um, Giannis is—I hate I, my friends know behind closed doors. Like I look at Giannis, Giannis is going to be, you know, Mount Rushmore type. He's different. He,
0: he's different. I agree. He—I mean—he's something that we've never seen before. Like Shaq was that big guy who was quick, but Giannis is on a completely different level.
1: The Thing with Giannis is, is not just that his abilities and his gifts. There's been a lot. There's probably more gifted people that's that's played basketball, but he's um he's not he is super gifted. Um, but his his work ethic and his heart takes different. You know, there's a lot of guys that like have those abilities, but like he he plays with a different kind of passion a different kind of hunger. And he doesn't want to be your friend. Like you know what I mean? Like he's not that type of guy. When he come come. You know, when it comes to competition, he, he's, uh, he's a real killer. He's one of those different, um, different competitors that has that edge, and he loves the gym, and he lives in the gym. I think the sky's the limit for him as long as he keeps, keeps healthy.
0: So when you were playing in the league, I mean, you had a bunch of great small forwards you had to guard. Who was the one player in the NBA who gave you the toughest matchup?
1: LeBron. <laughs> I have to say LeBron. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's another one of the greats, um, LeBron, KD, was a tough matchup. Um, there's probably some lesser known guy named guys, but LeBron and KD, was, that's an easy, easy favorite.
0: Now in 2020, who you got winning the championship this year, Cope?
1: And I hate to make that pick. Um, I'm gonna go, with, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. First. I'm going with Giannis, I think. It was not this year. His time is coming around the corner, um, for sure.
0: And who do you think they'll be playing in the finals?
1: Who toss up, toss up. We know the two, the two teams that, that 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 we're looking at. Um, but good thing I live in LA. I leave it at that.
0: And cope. In 2015, you went through a very tragic time. You were at a nightclub in New York, and you were stabbed. How did that event change your life?
1: Uh, gave me purpose. Gave me purpose? Um, I always, I think I always had purpose, but it, it, it uh gave me more, I guess. Um, it's, it's one of those reminders of how life, how short life is, and we get those reminders all the time. Um, and for me, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm a God-fearing man, and I feel like uh, God has me here for a reason. Um, some of the things that I've been able to survive have guided me in different directions. The fact that I'm even you know, doing this X versus X thing now and giving guys opportunities to, to pursue their dreams I probably wouldn't have done without those injuries. So um, everything is about a bigger picture. And so that's that's kind of what my life
0: went. So you were an underdog in your career. And, you know, it, it took you a while to get to the NBA. What advice do you have for other undrafted players or players who just can't make it right now?
1: Um, it's going to be a tough road. Uh, stay diligent, work hard, stay resilient. Um, do more, um, you know, it's that, that, that Kobe, <laughs> that, if you think of that Kobe commercial, uh, more, you know, cause it's like, whenever you think you've done enough, you really haven't. And there's always another level you can hit. Um, so I would just think do more, you know, it's just, um, you think if you, if you shoot 500 a day, shoot a thousand. If you shoot, if you're running extra sprints, just, you know, do, do, do the next thing. I mean, keep pushing yourself to the next level. Um, and there are rewards.
0: And last question, will we see Chris Copeland in the NBA again, or is it going to be X versus X that we're going to see that's going to take off in the basketball world? X versus
1: X is, is the priority right now. Um, I, haven't, I haven't really – no. Uh, yeah, X versus X is the, is the thing. We'll see what happens. This summer I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some fun playing some things and see, see, uh, see what it feels like. Um, but right now X versus X is the focus.
0: Chris, thank you for coming on Inside Buzz. You're a great guest. Where can we reach you on social media and where can we find X vs X?
1: X vs. X Sports on Instagram. Um, Optimus Cope is me on Instagram, like Optimus Prime, Optimus Cope, X Uh registers is for everybody to have a good time, really. It's not just about guys that's trying to pursue the money, the money part. I'm excited about that because that's my story, but for guys that want to pursue their dreams and get you know, be able to provide for their families through through basketball, but it's, it's also for the common man that just wants to go out in the group and hoop uh, and have some fun. So, you know, I think everybody should register. We have some cool things coming come along, some celeb games, some um, uh, a lot of fun stuff. So you have to check it out. X versus